New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. My wonderful co-host Andrea is away today. Whenever my daughter has her good friend over who has a nut allergy, we always go and get made good snacks. So I was beyond thrilled when I found out that they are now a sponsor. It's so exciting. You know, we really take pride in having sponsors on Ashley Savvy, uh, things that we believe in, things that we use. So made good snacks. Let me tell you about them. They're baked with good intentions like organic ingredients, whole grains, and hidden veggies. Gotta love that. They're free from common allergens such as peanuts and dairy. They're packed with nutrition and awesome taste. Granola bars, mini bites, Rice crispy squares, cookies, and more. So grab some today. Pack them in your kids' school lunch or in your purse. And you can learn more at madegoodfoods.com. I'm super excited about today's guest because I've been saying this for years, that exercise is medicine. That is the name of the book, How Physical Activity Boosts Health and Slows Aging. And isn't that what we all want? The book is by the wonderful Judy Foreman, who joins us now. Hi, Judy. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. About to go swimming after this interview. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I took an hour hike with my dogs. and oh, I live in a, Yeah, I bore everybody by telling them a lot that I live in a town that's a third conservation land. And it's fabulous because with the, like a two-minute drive, I'm in 100 acres of woods. And other than when people yell at me because my dogs are off leash, um, no, no, I, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good about that. Um, I take, I try to find places where there's nobody so they can run around because I think dogs really need to run around just like we do. So that's right, I wanted, right? It's so important. Yeah. So one of the things that grabbed me right away is I loved when you talked about how to read this book. You write, I had a pretty negative view of aging, but what I learned about biology put a whole new spin on aging for me and took some of the sting out of it. Okay, without giving too much away, Judy, because I want people to get the book Exercise is Medicine. What were some of those things that helped take that sting away? Oh, yeah, I definitely want people to get the book, but um, the, it definitely did take this thing away for me to do, not completely away, but uh, substantially away. Um, I learned so many uh, good things at the molecular and cellular level about what exercise does for us that it, I guess it made me feel more in control of the aging mm-hmm. process. Like, you know, there are definite, clear-cut, really basic things that, that exercise does that really mitigate against a lot of the the downsides of aging, um, from mood control to, to better memory, to better heart function, to very, very basic um, genetic and molecular things. So, it, you know, basically we evolved to move. We did not evolve to sit in front of screens all day or sit in front of the TV. Um, you know, we have the genes of our ancestors who were running around hunting for dinner. And um, those are our genes. We don't have genes that make us sit all day. (laughs) So (laughs) it's abnormal to sit as much as we sit. Right. And Sitting Kills is one of the chapters in your book. Sitting Kills is chapter three. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's funny because years ago I got a treadmill desk um, and I Uh used it for a long time. And then I was noticing that I, I have some knee issues and between doing hour hikes every day with my dogs, the treadmill desk, I couldn't really do both. But yet the, what's nice is I have a desk that uh, goes up and down as part of it. So yeah. I just stand. Um, not all the yeah. time. Like I'm, I had to be honest, I'm sitting at the moment because I did an hour hike. <laughs> 
but then the rest <laughs> of the day, the moment too. <laughs> okay, the rest of the day, I'll be running around and cooking dinner and doing errands and you know whatever I need to do with my daughter, and we have to go get new shoes, and so I will be busy. But I think for so many people, you're right with the the way the screens is these days. They're just sitting at work, and then they come home and they sit, and then they sit, 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 sit. It's not good. Well, I think people don't people don't know, and then they would. I wouldn't have known unless I had done the research sure. for this book. You know why sitting is so bad, right. and I mean there are actually quite a few um, biological reasons why it's so bad. But one of the main ones is is kind of intuitive. We we tend to get fat, and it's not just the fat you can pinch right. um, with your fingers. It's this deeper visceral fat that surrounds your organs in your belly, and you know it used to be thought that fat was just kind of a blob of inert sort of stupid tissue, but it's actually a very active um, biological metabolic organ. It pumps out chemicals. It pumps out essentially hormones, and these hormones are called pro-inflammatory cytokines, and all that means is these chemicals uh, produce like a level of, a low level of chronic inflammation all over the body, and that is the real driver of a lot of bad things that happen later in life, including, you know, hardening of the arteries and diabetes and neurodegenerative things. The underlying cause in many cases is chronic inflammation. And that's what happens when you sit too much. Yeah. And that is so scary. You know, one of the things uh, in the book, The Heart of the Matter, you write Catherine, and I swear this name's familiar because I lived in Santa Cruz and I went to UC Santa Ah. Cruz. Catherine Beers was oh. 85 when I spoke with her not long ago from her home in Santa Cruz, California. She cheerfully admitted that she looks her age, but then you talk about how she doesn't act it. But this is what grabbed me. I love this. Um, after a few years, she hungered for a small town in which to raise her kids and drove around California looking for the perfect place. She found it, Santa Cruz. And every day my husband and I, because we're on the East Coast, say, when can we go back to Santa Cruz? So I just wanted to throw that in. Was she, I think she, was she the ended up being the mayor. Sam. Yes, I was she there in the, the 80s. Mayor. Okay, yeah. that's why. I was like, why is that name? Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But tell us about her and, and her experience. Oh, she's amazing. She did the Boston Marathon. I live in Boston. And mm. she did the Boston Marathon, uh, I think it was 2018. And she probably did it last year as well. Um, and she was the oldest person to do it. She did it. The marathon is 26.2 miles and a very hilly car. So that's why Boston is kind of one of the classic challenging right. marathons. I mean, not that they're not all challenging, <laughs> <laughs> but um, she did it in seven hours and 50 minutes, five oh minutes, um, and she then stayed the night in a hotel in Boston and then got on a plane the next day for France and did like a four or five week hiking trip with a friend. Um, and she told me that she, you know, she runs every day uh, regularly and then when it's training season, she ups her, her game. Um, and then she'll go play bridge or games or something with people way younger than her at nighttime and they're fading and she's not. Um, <laughs> she really has the energy and the, the spirit of a much younger person. And that's true of a lot of these uh, older people I interviewed who are big athletes. Not that I'm advocating that everybody has to be a super duper athlete, um, but it's really inspiring to talk to these people. And I kind of scatter these little vignettes all through the book to to keep us going. (laughs) I love that. It's so interesting to read about people who are doing well. You know, my father-in-law is going to be 87 this year. 
And for the last 11 years, he went to baseball fantasy camp and played with guys half his age for a week. This was the first year that, yeah, that he felt like, you know what? I just, I'm not up to it. But he's still riding his bike around. He still comes over every day and hangs out with my daughter and and his granddaughter, you know, and and plays games and does stuff. And he's amazing. But he's starting to slow down, but just starting at almost 87. Yeah. And, you know... It's it's never too late to start. People sometimes think, oh, you know, I'm 70 and I've never done exercise. Why should I start now? It always pays to start. Uh, and you can start slow and gentle and, you know, just walk around the mall or something. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's never, it's really, truly, biologically never too late to start. I mean, you're probably not going to make the Olympics if you're 90 years old. <laughs> but um, you can improve your health at every phase of the game. Yeah, you really can. You know, I love the science in the book. I loved reading about this. Is I thought this was really surprising. You write resistance training, a colloquially, colloqu- I can't even say that word, colloquially yeah. known as weightlifting, doesn't make muscle cells increase in number. That would be hyperplasia, which is a hallmark of cancer, not hypertrophy. Right. Um, so talk to us about this because you talk about the mitochondria when you, you talk about when you're you know looking at endurance and how exercise forces muscles to build more mitochondria and, and then you t- I mean give us a little bit of, of what's going on inside of us. Oh well, okay. Um, it, it gets kind of sciency, but it's 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 really fun. Exercise mass produces mitochondria. For people who may have forgotten their their high school biology, <laughs> um, in, inside our cells we have these little miniature things, these organelles, little baby organs inside the cells, and those are called mitochondria. And um, there's an interesting story about how they wound up in our cells, but we don't have to go into that. But what sure. they do is they produce energy. The food you eat and the air you breathe gets all put together chemically inside the mitochondria, and the mitochondria pump out a specific chemical, which is the energy molecule, and it's called ATP, which stands mm-hmm. for adenosine triphosphate. And that's like the, that's the power. That's the energy. And when we exercise, when a muscle contracts, it uh, triggers this whole chain of molecular events. Uh, the control mechanism for that is a little chemical called PGC1-alpha, and that tells certain genes in the nucleus of the cell and certain genes in the mitochondria to work together to make more of the little protein complexes that make up what they call the electron transport chain. All of that just means you don't have, there's no quiz on that, but all of that just <laughs> means that when, when your muscles contract through a chain of chemical events, you end up with more mitochondria. Um, So you end up with more ATP, which is more energy. And um, it's, it's, you know, if you're you're losing motivation to exercise, just walk around the block and like, oh, I'm making mitochondria. (laughs) And I find that a very motivating thought. (laughs) I love that. Now, where do the telomeres come in? And, And we've talked about it before, but people who aren't familiar, tell us what the telomeres are and how do we make them longer? Uh, well, I'm not, okay, so telomeres are like, uh, you know, if you picture um, shoelaces, there's usually a little plastic thing on the end of shoelaces right. called an aglet, uh, but anyway, it's just a little chunk of pla- uh, plastic at the end, and its job is to keep the shoelace from unraveling, and the telomere is the exact same thing on a chromosome. It's a little specialized chunk of DNA that sits on the end of chromosomes and keeps the chromosome from unraveling in a sloppy way uh, during cell division, and we're all born with nice, strong, very long telomeres. I mean, babies have, you know, really healthy telomeres. 
And as we get older, the telomeres get shorter and shorter. They, they basically shrink. They call it uh, telomere attrition. And that means in some – this is a controversial area of science – but uh, basically, the idea is the shorter your telomeres are, the the older you are. It's kind of like a marker for aging. Um, there have been some correlational studies, not cause and effect, but correlational studies that seem to suggest that people who exercise more have longer telomeres. Um, whether they have maintained good telomere length or actually restored telomere length is, is another hot topic of science and very, very controversial. But basically, um, <clears throat> it, it, there seems to be a correlation between exercise and maintaining uh, longer telomeres. But as again, as I said, this is a very uh, controversial area of science, and there are scientists who disagree with that, but some big correlational studies have found a connection. Oh, interesting. Well, speaking of uh, science, looking at Chapter 7, Boning Up, you write, when hormones decrease with aging, you can exercise all you want, but you will still lose bone mass, says the aptly named Linda Bonewald, <laughs> a cell <laughs> yes. biologist who heads the Indiana Center for Musculoskeletal Health at Indiana University. Quote, almost every study says that exercise is beneficial, she adds, but does it block bone loss? No. Does it block the effects of aging? No, though it can delay those effects. So let's talk a little bit about how important exercise and especially weight-bearing exercise is for our bone health. Yeah, I think we've been kind of fed a, a, a little bit of magical thinking here mm -hmm. uh, in the past decade or so that, you know, if we did weight-bearing exercise, we could build strong bones. That's true in adolescence, but as we get older, uh, we do lose bone mass. You can slow the rate of that loss by exercise, um, but you can't really rebuild lost bone that way. What you can do that's really important, though, is uh, build muscle and improve balance through exercise. And what that does uh, is help you prevent falls. And it turns out that falls, not osteoporosis per se, uh, falls are really the big problem because that's where you break a hip or whatever and, you know, or, or, or you're, you get concussions. Um, and, you know, broken hip winds people up in a nursing home very often. And lying around waiting for your hip to heal can lead to blood clots, which can lead to death. I mean, a broken hip is a very serious yes. medical event. And that comes from falling. I mean, and granted, the stronger your bones are, the less likely they are to break if you fall. But the real way to to prevent that is to have good enough balance and strong enough muscles, especially leg muscles, um, that you don't fall in the first place. So, I mean, that, that's yeah. really the key. Easier said than done, but very right. important. Yeah, it definitely is. That was We had a wonderful neighbor named Jane years ago, and she was seemed fine. And all of a sudden, she broke her hip, and then she passed. And we were like, what? Yeah. Like, we'd heard of yeah. that, but I hadn't known anybody, and it's just heartbreaking. It, it is. It really is. It is. In Chapter 10, I love this. It takes guts, exercise in the microbiome, burly Irish lads. You have a great sense of humor. Uh, they were burly young lads, members of a professional Irish rugby team, perfect physical specimens, exactly what the researchers needed for the first study of its kind in humans. The researchers from the... Uh, 
I'm not going to try to say this word, T-E-A-G-A-S-C, Food Research Center in Ireland. We're interested in, well, the men's poop. We talk a lot on the show about how important uh, it is to take care of your microbiome. And we're usually talking about, you know, getting your prebiotics and probiotics. And I think we've touched on exercise a little, but I thought this was fascinating. Tell us a little bit about this. Yes, I mean this. Uh, the microbiome is kind of big news in the last, you know, five or ten years. Um, yeah. It's kind of like we didn't really know about it that much before. <laughs> but these are all the bacteria that live in our intestines, and there have been, the, frankly, there have been a lot more studies in terms of diet and the microbiome than there have been on exercise and the microbiome. But there's preliminary data that exercise can also help the the microbiome. The goal is to have a, a lot of diversity. Um, in the types of bacteria that live in your gut. And exercise is good. The other thing that's, that's really good is a high-fiber diet. Um, there was an interesting study that I quote in that chapter uh, among African Africans and African Americans. Um, mm. And the Africans who lived in Africa tended to have a much more uh, high-fiber diet with less, you know, less of the processed stuff that we Americans eat. So they made the African Africans eat like an American diet and the American Africans, African Americans eat a, a more high fiber diet and their microbiomes changed accordingly with the high fiber diet using, yielding a much better, healthier microbiome. So that's, I mean, sometimes it's hard to get enough fiber, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, that's really a goal too, as well as exercise. I think they kind of work together. Well, speaking of exercise, which we've been talking about, uh, the time goes by way too fast. I just want to mention the last few minutes. Chapter 15 is, is just amazing. The nitty gritty Q&A. I just want to read some of these questions so people will run out and get this book. What's the basics exercise recommendations for adults? What is moderate activity? What's intense? Uh, how can you determine your fitness age? What is VO2 max? If you stop exercising, how fast do you lose fitness and strength? How fast can you regain it? What is high intensity interval training? So is HIT better than continuous training? Can you be both fit and fat? Uh, you know, I, I'm of the of the belief that, that you can be a bit. I mean, I know people who are heavy, but they exercise a lot and their blood, like their numbers are good. And then I know skinny people who don't do anything and their numbers aren't so great. But in the last few minutes, what do you think about that for people I haven't read yet? <laughs> well, um, obviously the best is to be fit and not fat. Um, right. it, it's, it's still being debated. I mean, if right. you're heavy, certainly it's better to be to exercise and be as fit as you can be despite being heavy. But excess weight is really bad in and of itself because of the thing we were talking about before. Fat is a metabolic tissue and it pumps out all these pro-inflammatory cytokines. Sure. Um, I mean, there, there's no way that obesity is a healthy thing. Um, yeah, maybe I wasn't <laughs> thinking like obesity. I meant just like, you know, five or 10 pounds. You're not like, you know, yeah, super. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, yeah, I mean... It, but that can be your 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 body mass index can still be in the normal range. You really don't oh, want to okay. hit that hit that um, obesity level. 
Um, yeah, there's a there's a great debate, but I think you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing is absolute in in, in science, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you can it's, it's if you're fat, um, keep exercising. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but also if if you're really out of shape, um, which you may be if you're fat, you, you should you know check out with your doctor, you know what you can do. I mean, you don't want to just leap up off the couch and do a marathon. Um, you know, you sort of got to build up to it. And, and be sensible, but exercise is is really the key um, to to a healthier life, regardless of your weight. Yeah, it's so true. And you, there's 38 wonderful questions just in that chapter alone. Uh, what what are your favorite types of exercise before we have to end today? I swim. Um, I'm 76 years old, and I'm on a swim team. Um, wow. And I, I've been um, – I mean, and it, I used to jog more, but the old knee thing kind of right. gets in the way, although I still do the treadmill. But I, I find being on a swim team really fun because, you know, we have great talks in the ladies' locker room, and it kind of it, – it's just fun. And it's also easy on your, on your joints. You know, you can really – swim um, without doing a lot of damage. I mean, it, you can you can overuse your shoulders, obviously, but um, basically it's it's uh, kind of easy on the body. Um, but people, you know, the best exercise is, is whatever exercise you enjoy or can talk yourself into enjoying. I mean, for some people, it might be walking in the in the mall. For others, it might be kind of walking around the living room couch instead of sitting on it while you're watching the news. I mean, it's just um, you know whatever you can do that gets you out of bed and off the couch really has huge benefits. So it doesn't have to, you don't have to join a gym. You don't have to buy $400 sneakers. You know, it doesn't have to be a, doesn't have to be a big, huge deal. Just, you know, kind of get off your rear end and do it. (laughs) (laughs) To put it bluntly. (laughs) Yes. And if you aren't allergic and have the, you know, you can afford a dog or have the time, the energy, the money, Get a dog, go to the pound. That's my, because I tell you, like this time of year, I mean, today's a nice day, but when it's, you know, 15, 20 degrees, I'm not going to go hiking if I didn't have a dog. I mean, you know, so I just think it's such a great thing. But exercise is medicine, how physical activity boosts health and slows aging. The wonderful Judy Foreman. Tell us all the ways we can find you and your book on uh, online. Well, um, Amazon is sort of the easiest. It's called Exercise is Medicine. Uh, you can also buy it through my website, which sends, is, which is judyforeman.com, J-U-D-Y F as in Frank, O-R-E, don't forget the E, M-A-N.com, judy at judyforeman.com. And there's a bunch of links to click to places to buy the book. It's not hard to find. Um, and even though I'm the writer of the book, I find when I even just look at the title sitting here on my desk, I think, oh, God, it motivates me to exercise. So I re-motivate myself every time I look at the book cover. That's <laughs> Hopefully that will, do, that will do it for your readers, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, my husband, I had to like, where's where's Judy's book? He's like, I have it. Oh, I need it. I didn't finish it yet. You know, it's just, and he is avid. If it's 15, he'll bike when it's like 15 degrees. He's nuts. He'll, he runs, oh, wow. he bikes, he does yoga. He never misses it. And uh, he's in amazing shape. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. I want to thank our sponsor once again, Made Good. Don't forget, they are snacks baked with good intentions. They have organic ingredients, whole grains, hidden veggies are free from common allergens, such as peanuts and dairy they're packed with nutrition and awesome taste i always get them for my daughter and uh, her friends who have peanut or dairy allergies
allergies or not, really enjoy them, which is great. Uh, grab some today and you can find them. Uh, I get mine at uh, any natural health food store and or Whole Foods or I think even you know some of the regular grocery stores as well in their natural food section, madegoodfoods.com. Thanks so much for listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Please rate, review, and subscribe and follow us on social media at Lisa Davis MPH, at Andrea Donsky, at Your Radio MD, and at Naturally Savvy. Thanks for listening and stay well.